Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey friends, I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And fun fact, I have just returned from a month of hell. I had a stomach ulcer. I had COVID. I had a weird rash on my arm. Other stuff that I'm not going to say. And um, we're out here. I survived. And we had a little bit of a break. Amanda will talk about what she did during her break. While she was doing that, I was dying. Um, and that's why I wasn't participating in the things that Amanda did. But I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be healthy. Being bedridden for weeks is the worst. And as a Gemini, I cannot be confined. I cannot be trapped. I cannot be stuck in a house. I can't be stuck in a room, in a relationship, in anything. Um, don't fence her I in. I can't. Don't box me in. So yeah, basically, I'm just really happy to be back doing everything that I need to do as a single independent woman in charge of my own life. Anyway, what's your fun fact? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Well, first and foremost, Santa, I am just so relieved that you're better because you literally went to hell and back. You were literally stuck in your bedchamber. And I can't imagine the pain like from all the angles like all the ailments you had together at the same time forget about yeah. it and honestly like you're a badass for even getting through that and having a smile on your face today given the absolute torture I wanted to address real quick in case there was any confusion because we did mention that we were going to be taking a break but we ended up taking that break a week sooner than planned so I had a couple people slide in the dms like where's the episode where are you why isn't it on youtube well update uh one fun fact santa uh has um she figured out we had a technical glitch pretty much with episode 30 i think video so that mm -hmm. was audio only sometimes with the software we use there's a little bit of a lag and it kind of made everything off kilter and i don't know how much you were able to like mm -hmm. salvage it but we're gonna put it up there on patreon just so everybody knows but i yeah. had a couple of people ask it's fully that. salvaged i will say definitely check it out on the patreon because there is a great visual of my hollywood ken doll that i like slid in there um yeah and it's kind of funny and yeah if you want to watch the video version of episode 30 it is on the patreon featuring my childhood hollywood ken doll <laughs> Yes, Hollywood can. Oh, gosh. I feel like we haven't been in the studio for so long. But <laughs> yeah. fun fact number two, uh, we're both wearing our two girls, one ghost, two girls, one ghost uh, shirts that we got from Corinne and Sabrina. Thank you. And thanks again for coming on our show and having us on yours. It was so much fun. And on that note, if you are new here and you found out about Shook because of Two Girls, One Ghost, welcome. We're happy to have you. And we're just so excited about everything that's to come. We've got Shocktober coming up. Last year, we did four episodes. We did one every single week. Since we're a bi-weekly bi podcast, we decided this, this year we're probably going to continue with the bi-weekly thing. Maybe we'll play with the lighting, make some more fun colors like we did last year, mm -hmm. orange or green or whatever. But we were talking about it and just given 
you know, Santa situation and stuff that I've got going on, it probably is more realistic for us to do just the normal every other week in October uh, for that. And I guess one other quick fun fact is that while you were bedridden, I went to Cryptid Bash with my husband and we had a great time. It was up in West Virginia and the Moth Boys hosted it. We had a great time. And I can tell you guys more tea about that later, but the final fun fact is that today is a Shook Stories episode. And this time we've got two, maybe three, really long stories. So it'll kind of be about the same as, you know, two and two. So with that, I guess, Santa, you go first this week. What you got for me? Oh my God. Some stories from Maya. Maya the Medium. Remember Maya the Medium from our last Shook Stories episode? Sure do. Hey, hey, sister. Yeah. Maya the Medium. She said, hey, y'all. I'm hey, hey, sister Maya the Medium. Haha, just kidding. No one calls me that. I just liked it when Santa said it during y'all's podcast. (laughs) It gave me chills. (laughs) Well, I saw that y'all liked my story that my sister told y'all, and I thought I'd send y'all another one that doesn't involve her, but it's still intense. Just to give y'all a brief background, I can see, hear, and feel spirit. Sometimes even smell them, but that's usually only when I know my grandma that passed away is visiting me. I'm also very sensitive to demonic entities latching on to me, which I have a few of those stories if y'all would like to hear them. Yes, send it. Bring it on. There's a gnat in the stew. I also have predictive dreams where I will see something happen to someone or I'll get some type of hint that something will happen to someone. And the moment I wake up, I will yell that person's name. Crazy stuff, I know. I'm honestly having a hard time deciding what will be the first story that I tell y'all and y'all's audience because they're all so good. But I think I'm going to go with this one I have with an ex-coworker of mine. That one is an interesting one. I just hope that y'all believe everything I say because it will get a bit unbelievable at times. Insert nervous laughter. So a few years ago, I was pretty close with one of the ladies I worked with. She knew about my psychic abilities and she was a very religious woman. Most religious people don't believe in my abilities, but one of our first encounters involved me sensing that she had lost a close relative of hers. I didn't know her at the time, but I approached her and said, I'm sorry, I know we don't know each other, so this might be weird, but I have a question. Are you okay? Did someone close to you recently pass away? And she looked at me and busted out crying because she had just went to his funeral the day before. From that moment on, she would kind of treat me the way my sister said she does with all them questions. <laughs> Asking all them questions. Oh my God, Maya. I, <laughs> I love you. Asking all them questions. Yes, making <laughs> statements. Assuming? Assuming? <laughs> I love that video so much. I haven't even same. thought about that video in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, same. Elderly. Now, before I continue, <laughs> let me... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I got to watch that video now. Asking all them questions. <laughs> now, before I continue, let me give this coworker a fake name. Kate, that will be what I call her. So I was asleep and started having a weird dream. I dreamt about Kate, and in my dream, she was crying. In the dream, I slowly approach her. Then through her tears, she yells, my husband. And I woke up and yelled, Kate. 
When I woke up, I didn't move. I just laid on my side and looked at my window that was right in front of me. I immediately see a black shadow of a hand coming towards my face. I was petrified. The shadow noticed that I saw him and stopped. I said, who are you? Very softly. And then the shadow grew large enough to reach the ceiling and then dropped to the floor. And I Mm -hmm. felt a huge pressure on my chest and took my breath away. I was very scared. But since that wasn't my first time experiencing something like that, I did what I'd usually do, which was tell the spirit to go away. You're not wanted here. And I said a little prayer. It was a little after 2.50 a.m., which wasn't time for me to get up. So I tried to go back to sleep for a little bit before I had to get up for work. As soon as I get to work, I see Kate, which she arrived late too. I approached her and asked her if her husband was okay. You guys would not believe what she tells me. I still think about it and be like, man, that shit's unbelievable. But I believe it because I didn't even tell her what had happened to me yet. She starts with, he's in the hospital. What? So I'm going to tell this part as me and her talking back and forth, starting from after her saying he's in the hospital, and I asked why. Prepare yourself for some intense shit. Amanda, you want to help me with this script? Oh, yeah. Who you want me to be? You want to be you want to be Maya the medium? I got to be Maya the medium. You've got to be. It's your story. Come on with it. All right. Let's see. And if and Maya, if you send us more stories and you do the script format, just I'm casting myself as Maya the medium. Consider yourself cast. Starring Santa as Maya the medium. That means I'm Kate, correct? Yes. Okay. Girl, it was so crazy this morning. So you know how usually every morning I wake up at 4 a.m. to get ready for work? Well, this morning, something just told me to get up earlier. Like, my body just sat up, and I looked at the time, and it's 3.15 a.m. Oh, damn, girl. I bet you're sleepy. Yeah, I am, but I don't even care about that because then I get up, go to the restroom, wash my face, brush my teeth, and I glanced up at the mirror and saw my husband just standing on his side of the bed. I'm like, babe, why are you up? You're never up at this time. He didn't say anything, but that wasn't weird because he's not a morning person, so he's usually quiet. So I was done in the restroom, and I turned around to go to the bedside and grab my glasses When I see my husband still laying in bed and then instantly see a black figure standing in my window and I felt like I couldn't move. Stop lying. I cannot make this up. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what I saw. It was like a shadow standing at my window looking at me. Bruh, I believe you. It does sound crazy, but I fucking believe you. Then what happened? He stood in silence and pointed at the mirror that I was just at. I told him to please leave because you're not wanted here. I told him to get the fuck out of my house, but I was so scared that I couldn't even yell at him like I wanted to. He's still pointing at the mirror, so I started feeling like he was trying to show me something, so I looked back. Nothing was in the reflection like I expected, but then all of a sudden, my husband started moaning and groaning very loudly and was holding his chest. Kate, no. Yes, Maya, I thought my husband was dying. I was so scared. Kate, bruh, I'm gonna let you finish, but I literally just experienced something kind of fucking similar to that. Like, okay, whatever the fuck visited you guys had to have just visited me right before. What, are you serious? Yes. I then tell her what happened to me. Maya, I am stunned. Look at me. I'm shaking. Oh my god. Girl, me too. So how's your husband, man? What happened? 
Well, I called his mom to come take him to the hospital, and she took the kids to school, too. They're going to keep me updated on what's going on after his tests are done, but he was saying his chest was hurting, and he was coughing pretty bad. Well, I really hope he's okay and doesn't get any bad news. End scene. Later that day, they said he had some type of bronchitis or something. I can't remember too well, because this was years ago, and IDK medical terms and shit. He was sick, though, and it was crazy. From there on, she always asks me at least once a week if I had a dream about her. I didn't mind, though, because I know to others that believe in my experiences, they see it as a warning for them. So she just wanted to see if she should be prepared for anything. I wish I would have felt something way beforehand so her family could have been more prepared, but all things happen for a reason, and I'm okay with that. I'd like to add that once I become close with someone, I tend to have a spiritual connection with them. I decay how it happens. It just happens. That's my explanation for all of that. Well, that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed my little story. Let me know if y'all want more. I do want more. Send it. <laughs> P.S. I was thinking y'all could also call me my my since y'all call my sister hey hey. LOL. But if y'all like Maya the medium better, that's cool too. And we will get back to y'all with a part two of that investigation of the foul play death. Yes. Uh, oh, God. It was literally please. foul play with the bird, you know? It's, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a herring yes. or a crane counts as foul or if it's just ducks and shit. I don't know, but oh it's my a water gosh. bird. So. <laughs> that episode, that's going to have to be the title for that episode. Uh, sorry waterfowl whenever whenever she sends it oh god yeah stories episode foul play but we'll spell it with a w with a w (laughs) i'd like to add that my dear sister forgot to mention that i also described what the man that passed away looked like and what his car looked like not to toot my own horn but toot toot (laughs) i didn't (laughs) I didn't know that she was still looking into it. And she asked if I possibly got an image of him in my head. And I did and told her what I saw. And sure enough, my description was accurate as fuck. Same thing with his car. The image of his car crash looked exactly like what I saw in my head. But Mm. I've been scared to approach that situation because I've never channeled my power like that. I have no clue what might happen, but I know I don't like feeling the pain of someone else's. I know that I have a power. I've had this ability since I was a little girl. But since our parents are Christian, they would try to tell me to pray them away, referring to moments when I felt like I was getting visited by a spirit. Or I'd wake up from nightmares screaming due to dream paralysis. For a long time, I tried to ignore and deny my power because my dad would just tell me I needed to stop lying. And my mom would tell me to pray everything away. But when I got to high school, that's when I really started to try to accept my power. I had an encounter with a teacher of mine. I could tell y'all that story if you'd like to hear it. Yes, we would. And I believe we will wrap up our Shook Stories episode with that story about My My's teacher. But first, Amanda has a Shook story as well. Yeah. Okay, first and foremost, My My has entered the chat. Okay, that is your name now. Mm-hmm. And... I love that. A I think my mind, hey, hey, yes, my mind, hey, hey, you know, just like the best sister duo of all time. And yeah. on that note, I wanted to mention, hey, hey, at the time this comes out a couple weeks ago, had a birthday. So happy belated birthday, hey, hey. And actually, yeah. it was it was my my who let me know that it was her birthday. And while we were chatting on Instagram, sh- I kind of want 
Maimai to tell the story herself in a future episode, but just a little teaser. She was telling me a story about how she was at Home Depot, and pretty much a spirit came to her while she was at Home Depot. And someone that she was speaking with in the store knew exactly who that person was. So, Maimai, you're going to have to take it away with that next time you write it in. But yeah, that that last story we you just read, oh my gosh, that was crazy. Like I that love is such it. a gift, such a gift. So I do have a story, and this was written in by our listener Benjamin. He kind of alludes to needing a little bit of anonymity, so I'm not going to say his last name just in case. Um, I can say that he's a musician, a writer, a book reviewer, and a cemetery groundskeeper. That's cool as hell. But basically, he says. Hello, my name is Benjamin, and Attached is a story about a paranormal experience that I remember from my childhood and how it relates to my life today. For privacy, I've changed the name of the town and a few small details to make the story a bit tighter. My earliest childhood was spent in the small rural village of Thorns Reach, Alaska, located on the Yukon River. The population of the town was barely more than 200 people, and with no road system connecting Thorns Reach to the world beyond the wilderness surrounding it, the only way in or out is by plane or boat. Damn, that's remote as hell. The natural claustrophobic feeling of the town was exacerbated during the winter months. The winters in Thorns Reach were dreadfully dark and cold, with daylight lasting no more than a few hours, the sun scarcely touching the horizon before plunging us back into the realm of suffocating shadows. I've always had an active imagination, and it was during those frozen, sightless nights that my brain never failed to conjure hideous, nightmarish musings. The macabre creations of my mind meshed perfectly with the surrounding darkness as I attempted to sleep anxiously wondering what may be hiding somewhere in the long, endless curtain of blackness smothering my entire bedroom. I was five years old and lived with my parents in a one-story log cabin. Like most other residents of Thorns Reach, the cabin has seen better days. The roof leaked constantly. I recall many times there being as many as half a dozen buckets on the floor catching the water droplets that fell from the stained ceiling. It wasn't much of a house, but it was home. It was during one of those gloomy winter nights that I first heard the thumpings emanating from my bedroom wall. At first, I didn't give the thumping much thought. I assumed it to be nothing more than snow sliding off the roof, falling to the ground below. But as I listened closer, it became clear that it was not snow. The intervals between the thumps were too even. It sounded like a hollow bass drum or a slow heartbeat. I sat up in bed, unable to see anything in the darkness. I turned my head and listened. I felt a slow rise of fear as I traced the origins of the sound to the wall across from my bed. I wanted to turn on my light, but reaching the light switch required getting out of bed, and I didn't want to put my feet on the floor as I immediately imagined a hand reaching from under my bed and grabbing my ankle. Been there. The strange thumping continued. It seemed to grow louder, but it probably only seemed to be because I was paying such close attention to it. Whatever it was, it caused my skin to go cold with anxiety. Wrapping myself tight in my blankets, cuddling my favorite stuffed animal, I tried to ignore the sound and fell asleep. The next morning, I remembered the thump, but 
in the hazy light of dawn, sitting at the breakfast table with my parents. It didn't seem as frightening as it had just a matter of hours ago. Did you hear that sound last night? I asked my dad. What sound? He asked. The thump in the wall. Like, duh, dad, didn't you hear it? <laughs> he shook his head dismissively. I didn't hear anything. Probably the snow falling off the roof. By the end of the day, I had forgotten about the sound, but was rudely reminded when it started up again that night, originating from the same place in the wall, maintaining the same slow beat that it did the night before. At five years old, I didn't know how to describe the sound, but years later in high school, after reading the story The Telltale Heart, I imagined that the hollow beating of the heart under the floorboards that Poe's protagonist describes must have been similar to the thumping that I was hearing in my bedroom wall. The thumping continued for weeks. Over time, I got used to it. However, I was still wondering what was causing it. Many nights were spent staring up at my ceiling, listening to the thumps, trying to mentally solve the mystery. It was around this time I began experiencing nightmares almost every night. These nightmares were always of the paranormal variety involving ghosts, demons, or monsters under my bed. Creatures grabbing me and carrying me off. More often than not, I woke up terrified, sweating through my pajamas, screaming in terror. My parents always rushed into my room, assuring me that it was just a dream. My nightmares became so frequent, my screaming so common, my parents finally decided that one of them should share the room with me to be nearby and perhaps make me feel safer. So my dad moved a bed into my room. He said if I ever felt scared or had a nightmare, I could just crawl in the bed with him. With my dad sleeping in the bedroom with me, I finally had the opportunity for someone else to hear the mysterious sound. Sure enough, like clockwork, the thumping returned as it did every night. Did you hear it? I asked my dad in the darkness. I hear something, he said from across the room. What is it? I asked. I think some kids are throwing rocks at the walls. I knew that didn't make any sense. Clearly, my dad was just trying to rationalize what we were hearing. After several nights of experiencing the thumping firsthand, my dad finally did actually consider the possibility that something paranormal might be at work. Strangely, he didn't seem too bothered by it. It bothered me that it didn't bother him. At five years old, I was unable to put my thoughts into words, but somehow I knew, I knew that the thumping in the walls was directly related to my ever-increasing nightmares. Finally, the night came where my nightmares crossed the line into reality. To this day, I'm not sure what I experienced that night. All I can say is it felt far too real to be another run-of-the-mill nightmare. It was the middle of the night when I woke up and discovered the blankets that I normally kept around my body, snug as a mummy's wraps, had all been kicked to my feet. I shivered in the cold air and I wanted to reach down to retrieve my blankets, but there was something about the atmosphere that felt strange, thick, and unnatural. Lying in the fetal position, my stomach swam with unease. I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching me, waiting for me to move. I thought that if I could just hold still, whatever it was that was observing me would think I was still asleep and leave me alone. Suddenly, I felt something squeeze my shoulder. It was a light squeeze, but there was no questioning its reality. I felt my skin give way under the pressure of the touch. Without thinking, I rolled over and came face to face with something I will never forget. Standing at my bedside was the gray form of an old woman. Her long hair fell over her bony shoulders like cobwebs. 
Her withered face was missing one eye, the socket filled with gristle. She smiled at me with a near toothless grin. Oh God. My face twisted in disgust as my eyes dropped down to her thin frame. She was dressed in rags. Her legs disappeared from behind the bed, but what I saw of them was no more than mangled hunks of meat hanging off of naked bone. Her legs looked like something that you would throw to dogs. I gazed up at her skull-like face, my heart racing in my chest. I could barely breathe through the fear. Wide-eyed, I stared at her for several long seconds until her ugly grin slowly faded and disappeared into the blackness of the bedroom. In the aftermath of the vision, I didn't scream as I expected I would have. I was frozen. I felt as if the frigid air around me prevented me from moving. The image of the woman stayed with me for a long time after disappearing, like a flash of light behind closed eyes. For a few moments, the image of the old woman consumed all of my being. There was nothing else but me and that hideous gray woman. Slowly, I regained awareness of other things, notably my father's snoring, accompanied by that ever-present thump in the walls. Strangely, the terror that I experienced gradually gave way to a placid calm. I felt as if the mystery had been solved. The vision was far too vivid to be one of my regular nightmares, so I reached the only logical conclusion that I could. My house was haunted. This conclusion actually made the thumping easier to live with. My parents and I only lived in that rundown old log cabin for another year before moving to another town, but in the space of that year, I felt the cold squeeze on my shoulder several more times. Rather than respond to it, I simply shrugged it off as if to say, go away, to whatever it was that was touching me. Over the years, the fear and certainty that I felt as a child dulled to the point that I began questioning what I had seen. By the time I was in my 20s, I dismissed the whole terrifying event as a symptom of my overactive imagination as a child, exacerbated by my frequent nightmares. It's only recently that I finally made some unsettling connections that caused me to reconsider the events of that frightening night when I was five years old, several years before my birth. An old woman went missing in Thorn's Reach. She had been the grandmother of several of my friends, but she was rarely spoken of. Her disappearance was something nobody in town liked to talk about. The rumor was that she was murdered, but no one could be sure. The old woman's disappearance went unsolved until our old cabin was torn down in 2021, when workers discovered a scattering of human bones under the dirt nearby where our front porch had been located. Examination of the bones revealed that they belonged to an elderly person. With this discovery, everyone in Thorne's Reach seemed to believe the case of the missing grandmother had been solved. Somebody had buried her there all those years ago. I learned about this gruesome discovery only after one of my friends from Thorne's Reach announced on Facebook that they may have finally discovered the remains of his missing grandmother. After hearing this news, I couldn't help but think there was something more than just a nightmare and imagination at play the night that I saw the old woman standing next to my bed. I still shiver thinking about all the times I played in that yard, trampling over that woman's bones. Was she trying to get my attention by touching my shoulder as a child? Who knows? Damn. Okay, Benjamin, first and foremost, I just want to say that you are a brilliant writer. I literally could imagine every single part of the story. I felt like I was there. It was fully immersive, and I, I'm kind of speechless. That 
that's freaking crazy. That's now our second Shook story we've had where it involved a potential crime, potential murder. The first one yeah. being Hey Hey and My My. You know what? Like what? the whole time before before he actually saw the old woman, I cannot stop thinking about our family hamster, Hamtaro, that we had when I was a kid this hamster used to like always escape in the night and like crawl into bed with me and it would wake me up because I would feel something like crawling on me and it was so scary and then it was also scary because it was like what if I roll over on Hamtaro I know and I love that name and then one day Hamtaro escaped for the last time and he got stuck in the walls (gasps) and so we could just hear him knocking around in the walls literally he was stuck in the walls and we don't know how he got in the walls he got too curious and he wanted to go on a hamtaro's big adventure and he ended up in the walls oh my gosh and so my mom and my stepdad and uh, like we would just hear him knocking around in the walls and i don't know if they ever retrieved him out of the walls legend has it hamtaro's still in the walls Oh my God! Rest in peace, Hamtaro. That is so sad. I know. I love you, Hamtaro. I feel like they did retrieve him from the walls. Mom, if you're listening, please um, let us know if you ever retrieved Hamtaro from the walls. But that is what I was thinking about when he was talking about the knocking of the walls. Right. I was like, what if he has a hamster in the wall? <laughs> it's giving rat infestation. Yeah, I was like, maybe there's a reasonable explanation of Hamtaro is in the walls. But then the old lady came. I was not expecting the actual tie-in at the end mm-hmm. to the old lady, like for there actually being more to that story. But that's interesting. So we don't so we don't know for sure like if she if there was foul play with that one or not. Because the details of the story were slightly changed to provide a little bit of anonymity, I can't say for certain. But it does kind of give crime scene Alaska edition. Um, and that is heartbreaking. I just can't. Like, that precious old lady. And yeah. full disclosure, I when I saw his email come in a while back, I did go ahead and give it a read just because I was curious because he mentioned that it was like 1,800 words. And I said, oh, this is this ought to be good. When I tell you... I got to the twist at the end, my mouth, my jaw hit the floor. It was a gape. It was simply a gape. And I (laughs) had chills running down my body. I was like, are you joking right now? Are you joking right now? That is one of the most chilling and really, really, really well-written stories. And I just, I love that it takes place in Alaska because Alaska is a super spooky place as Santa has covered Um, And we'll probably do more on that because the Alaska Triangle is super, super spooky in a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. So that's just, yeah. But yeah, thank you, Benjamin. That was great. And Santa, on the uh, Hamtaro front, I am so sorry to hear that. You also jogged my memory about a lost pet that I had. So one thing about me is I am a huge fan of reptiles and amphibians mostly on the rep- the reptile side, but when I was a kid, I used to, <laughs> I caught everything. Uh, I caught, <laughs> I had everything. I had frogs, I had toads, I had 
and this is an insect, but I caught a praying mantis one time and he was a big boy and I, I kept him alive via several grasshoppers for about a week and that was interesting i used to have a blue-tailed lizard i actually probably had two blue-tailed well blue-tailed skinks um but one of the first things i ever caught was a beautiful teeny tiny not even an inch long black salamander and i don't remember if i gave him a name or not i think i just called him sal (laughs) and uh i put him in a jar his little mason jar i gave him a little miniature habitat with some moist soil um a twig, some foliage, maybe a little lichen up in there. Like he had a full blown Z's ecosystem. And of course he also had holes to breathe. Well, we also had our first house cat, Brooke. Um, She passed away. Oh gosh. She passed away probably at this point, like 10 years ago, but we still miss her because she was, she was our first cat, but she loved to catch critters that came inside. So one day, I go to my little corner of the bedroom where I have his jar and I look in and Sal is not in the jar. And I'm thinking, oh crap, he, he either buried himself under the foliage or he is somewhere in this house or Brooke has, has digested him. I'm not sure which. (laughs) So two weeks later, we still have no freaking clue what happened to Sal. My mom and I are cleaning the living room. I pull the couch back to start uh vacuuming and lo and behold sal's uh basically mummified remains were crumpled up under the couch he had dried up like a little raisin yeah it was pretty trash damn yeah pretty tragic (laughs) pretty tragic poor baby yeah yeah yeah, so we all just, you know, I guess the moral of the story is you never know. You may have wildlife in the home. Wildlife may be causing a ruckus in your walls, in your carpet, under the couch. You never know. That's that's the moral of the story. So rest in peace to Sal and Hamstaro. Rest in peace to <laughs> Sal and Hamtaro. <laughs> Y'all were real so ones. <laughs> Oh, speaking of snakes, I already told Santa this, but okay, this has been a super crazy snake season, and I am hyper vigilant always, 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 especially since I got a puppy, about keeping my eye out for snakes. Um, in case you don't live in Georgia or the Southeast, just so you know, in Georgia, we don't have very many uh, varieties of venomous snakes. We have cottonmouths, also known as water moccasins. We have copperheads. We have a couple different kinds of rattlesnakes, and maybe in South Georgia is where the coral snakes are. So it's it's mostly rat snakes, racers, garter snakes, all the benign creatures in the wild. I've seen a lot of water snakes this year. No big deal. They're harmless. But the other day I was walking Bowie and I was talking to one of my neighbors. I had my back turned. And despite the fact that I'm always scanning, it scared the absolute shit out of me when I turned around and sunbathing right a foot in front of my face in the middle of the street was a copperhead. Um it was juvenile, so you probably had pretty potent venom. And I know they typically don't kill humans, but I've I've known some people who had their dogs get bitten by copperheads, and it's pretty scary when that happens. So I, I immediately pulled Bowie back, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and another neighbor had come, started to walk down my cul-de-sac, and I was like, uh, hey, FYI, there's a copperhead that just slithered into the yard across the street, so... Be careful when you're coming back around. She goes, oh, forget about it. I'm not even coming. 
So she immediately <laughs> did an about face. She was like, see ya. Um, but yeah, I, I have to say it was not scary, but startling moment for me. But at the time, I was just so enamored by the fact that I had seen a snake. I was like, ah, I've never I've never seen a live copperhead in the wild. I've seen dead ones in the wild, but never just chilling in the middle of the street. So anyways, be careful out there. It's still hot down in the south and the snakes are probably not going to go away until it gets cold so just be mindful especially if you have pets so that is my public service my excuse me my public service announcement (laughs) thank you yes I'm a Slytherin for those who are wondering thanks wow 50 points for Slytherin (laughs) so Sandy you've got one more from my mind so let's wrap it up with that I do Back to Mai Mai, also known as Mai the Medium. This is Maya's story about her teacher. So I was a freshman in high school and my teacher, we'll call her Miss Olive. Miss Olive was one of those teachers that was very happy every day. One day she came into class not as happy as usual. As soon as I stepped into the room, I suddenly felt sad and looked at her sitting at her desk with her head down. I decided not to say anything until the end of class. During the whole class, she was quiet, short with her sentences, and just very sluggish, and looked like she'd been crying. At one point, she was sitting at her desk, and I was looking down. Out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw a little boy standing in front of her desk. When I looked up, the boy was gone. So the end of the class came, and everyone left, and Miss Olive was sitting at her desk still. I walked up to her desk and stood beside where I felt that little boy standing. I asked her if she was okay, and she said, not really. I told her this. Okay, I'm sorry if this is out of place for me to say, but I feel like something is wrong, and I wanted to ask you a few questions. She looks up at me as if she's intrigued and tells me to go ahead. So then I ask her the following questions. Have you had someone pass away? If so, might it have been a male with a name that starts with a C? I also apologized and said if she didn't want to talk about it, that it was understandable. But she tells me through tears that her son passed away when he was seven years old. His name was Kaysen. She couldn't hold back the tears at that point. I started having words pop into my head that I felt like I should say, and they were from Miss Olive. So I said... This is going to sound weird, but I think Kaysen is right here next to me. And he wanted me to tell you that he's okay and happier now because he always gets to be with you. He also said that it wasn't your fault for what happened. And he knows that and you believe that. He can still feel your hugs and kisses. By this time, we're both in tears because I'm starting to feel her emotions and it's getting overwhelming. I tell her again that he's very happy just like a kid should be. She told me he was hit by a car while he was playing outside in their yard and the car drove off the road. And she blames herself for not protecting him enough. And that day was the two-year anniversary of his death. Oh my Part of me felt terrible that happened as if it was my own child. Thankfully, after hearing what I had to say, she seemed a bit more at peace. She looks up at me and thanks me, and gets up and gives me a hug, then tells me to go to my next class before I'm late, which was an attempt at making a little joke to lighten the mood. 
After that day, I decided to go with my gut feeling and say everything I felt I needed to say. I'm going to end it with that so I don't take up all of y'all's time. I hope you all are having a great day, including your viewers and listeners. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. Peace out. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Maya, for this two-for-one special. And yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing that you were able to help your teacher like that and give her a little bit of peace about her son, Kaysen. And I would love to hear more stories about you using your gift in that way. Definitely. What a sad story. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? You're just, oh, gosh. I can't. Ugh. Yeah. You're just playing in the street and damn, like, what? Whew. Yeah. We want to hear all of it, my, my. Bring it on. Send it. (laughs) Um, But anyways, yes, thank you so much, Maya um, and Benjamin, for your amazing stories. Unfortunately, I have to go on. I got to go to work. I got to go on to work or else I can stay here and and chat all day. I literally could. Uh, There's not really much more tea to spill on Cryptid Bash. So if I think of anything, I'll just text you. But they definitely missed you, Santa, big time. I missed everyone, too. I was really looking forward to going to Cryptid Bash. We had a whole plan. We had it all laid out. And then the sickness had to come. And then I got sick, and it just didn't work out. But we're going next year as a duo. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you'll love it. West Virginia is gorgeous. Mountains for days. I know. I know. I want to go so bad. We'll go. I promise. I'll mail you your shirt. That I got gotcha. you. Yay, I can't wait to have my Cryptid Bash shirt. Yeah. I'm going to wear cool. it on the podcast as soon as I get it. Yay. Okay, well, we will see you all next time. I guess that's our show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening and stay shook. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.